Fuck you, Darcy. <laughs> First, I'm going to fall in love with one of those little guys, and then I'm going to fall out of love, and then I'm going to totally fake die. Oh, my heart. My heart hurts because I fell out of love, and now I have to die. Ah! Welcome to the Sunday Movie Marathon. I'm Max the Human. I'm Chris the Dog. I'm Lumpy Space Princess. It's uh, episode 62. Hooray. How are we all doing today, guys? Yeah, I'm doing good. I like the fact that we're all just like separately watching Adventure Time at the moment. It's great. Yeah, but we're on the same season, so it's even better. It's a great show yeah. that I watched a while ago when I was younger. But now I'm watching it again. Oh, it's a great show. <laughs> Yeah, I bought the box out on Blu-ray, so we're just slowly watching it. And you by slowly, slowly, I mean we're re- watching yeah. like half a season a day mm. at this point. Yeah, because it's so See, quick. so easily done yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it's like 10 minute episodes, yeah. so it's just easy to watch. For me, not, that is great. You get lost in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. How have we all been this week? Yeah, pretty good. Um, that's just not much to say, it's just the same really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We saw the wombats on Friday. Yes, oh, did. yeah, we did. I slipped up in a pile of sick on the way there. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried to forget that from my yeah. memory. Lovely. <laughs> nice. Yeah, when he told me, I was like, I like audibly gagged, and your mum was like, what? And I said, well, if I read this out loud, it's out in the ether, everyone knows. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got home, and the first thing my parents said to me was like, put your jeans straight in the washing machine. <laughs> Yeah, I told my mum as well, and she was like, oh, God. <laughs> well, Just you get a bin line, smell, it's fine. You didn't smell. Oh, no, that's, that's good, though, because that's, like, the worst yeah. thing. Yeah. They were good, though, the wombats. Yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah. The venue wasn't the best, sound-wise. No, it's not they, great. No. But they played their new album. That was good. I like those guys. First time I've seen them. Is it out yet? No, it comes out Friday. So oh. it'll be out when this episode comes out. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Cool, cool. Only a bus ride away as well. Usually, we have to travel outside of the, <laughs> yeah. the city. Yeah. Oh, man, it sucks. Like yeah. when me and Darcy see him in April and we have to go to the OT in uh, London. Oh, yeah, but they're playing all the hits. Yeah. They're playing the classics, all the bops. Yeah, the thing I liked the least about this gig was the audience just clearly didn't care about any <laughs> song other than, like... One single from the new album and the one old song they yeah. did. Chris was talking about that one disgruntled guy who paid to see them and was like, they only played the new stuff. What the hell yeah. is this? Yeah, <laughs> there was like, like a couple own... behind us. They were like, what, what's wrong with them? <laughs> like, what yeah, do you I mean? heard someone say, I only actually liked their first album. I thought they were going to play loads of songs from that. They missed the ball. Yeah, I think, I think they, they should have. The yeah, they should have read up on that. It was before. an album, new album show. <laughs> Literally, album yeah. launch show. Like what? I didn't mind the audience that much because, like, I didn't know anything. I was like just thinking about like other things while they, they were performing it because I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't have yeah, heard but that, any, no one did any did of those, the singles. Yeah. I was just thinking about just different things. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm at a wombat's kick. I forgot. <laughs> And then that song everyone else knew. Like, literally, every, like, story I had seen from that night was just everyone filming Greek tragedy as the mm. only thing. It was, like, three <laughs> hours long, like, the whole gig-ish, do you think? Was it? I thought no, they were only, only off, like, an hour. hour. 
Wait, they were on really? for 45 minutes, apparently. Yeah. Were they? I don't know. I wasn't there. They <laughs> felt like ages. Yeah, they were only on for about 45 minutes oh, to right. an hour. So, yeah, I was say, that's like the perfect set length. I don't what, like standing minutes? there. Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah, standing yeah. there. Yeah, there was, it's, no, it's long. there was no support acts either. So no. we were there like you know 20 what? minutes before they were on. I actually kind of wish that more bands just didn't have support acts because by the time the support acts are done, you're bloody tired. You're ready to yeah. go home. I got home before 10. Yeah, it was amazing. It's a miracle, isn't it? For yeah. my, <laughs> most weeks. Oh, well, good kick. It was a good one. Yeah, that's the only thing of note to happen to me in the last week. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything that's happened to me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing. Overall, a good week for yes. everyone. Nice. You want to talk about Dexter, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I'll bring it up briefly because I didn't talk about it in the. TV section in the wrap up. Um, Actually, to be fair, you did time. say you wanted to talk about it when it was finished. Yeah. So, fair enough. So, they brought back Dexter because um, it ended originally in 2013 and all the fans like hated the way it ended because it was pretty shit, really stupid ending that kind of ruined the show. Um, and for years ever since, there's been like rumors of them like going back to it to give it like a proper ending. And that's kind of what they decided to do. It's all set. Um, ten years after Dexter fakes his own death, he's living a in a new town in like this mountain town that's all snowy and stuff. Um, it's kind of about him. It's basically just the same shit again. He's going against a serial killer. There's a like a back and forth where they know who each other are, and a lot of shit goes down. Um, but this time they decide to properly wrap up the story. Um, and I really enjoyed the season overall, I think, but I do think the last episode was kind of a sour note to end the show on. Um, it wasn't as bad as the last ending, I think, um, but it definitely wasn't the best. Kind of a lot of questionable stuff happens in the last episode, and they almost like completely changed the personality of Dexter and make him like really unlikable for some reason. Um, but the majority of the show is a lot of fun. It's just as cheesy as I think a lot of the original show is. It has my favourite bits of the original show back and like my least favourite bits as well. A lot of the dialogue's really bad, but that's kind of something you expect from the show. But a lot of really great acting. Um, interesting use of music throughout. There's a lot of like really big like rock songs in there for some reason. Like it's an episode of a character walking down a hallway to trouble coming by royal blood. Second Lovely. to last episode of the season has someone burning down someone's house while um war by idols is playing. Pretty um, cool. A lot of really weird stuff like that that I'm not sure really fits. There's a radiohead song in the last episode. Yeah, in the last episode there was a radiohead <laughs> song for some reason. Um, and it was like a really, really on the nose pick as well. Yeah. It was kind of silly. So, like, the only question I have is because, like, well, I haven't seen it, but which ending was like rated worse, this one or the last one? Um, I think on IMDb they're about the same. <laughs> God, I imagine that. Yeah, like, you bring it back just to do the ending right, and then you don't even do it. Yeah, <laughs> you've done it wrong Brilliant. again. <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of people really hate this new ending, but I, but I thought it, it was more? okay. Or, um, or some, are they just pissed off because it's almost as bad? I think some people bad. actually do hate it more. But oh, wow. I think the general consensus <laughs> is it's better, but still not great. Um, but I don't have a massive problem with it. I don't think it's a great ending, but mm -hmm. overall, yeah, a lot of fun. I was glad to see it come back. Hopefully they do more stuff like this with 
shows that ended badly. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Imagine they, if they do, brought like yeah. Game of Thrones back, but they only did it for like one season. Yeah, yeah. but then, and then they, they still yeah, they tried to wrap again, up. Yeah. It would just be terrible <laughs> still. Yeah, there's guess, not enough. There's too much to put in there. Yeah, to be fair, season. I guess with Game of Thrones, that did have like a very definitive ending, whereas Dexter mm. was intentionally left on a cliffhanger because the um, network were like, you can't wrap this all up. You can't kill any the main characters off in case we want to bring it back at some point. Shame. Well, it's done now, eh? Yeah. yeah. Never again. <laughs> I don't know what else I would want to see that done with, though. Probably a bunch of shows, honestly. Just a bunch of shows just like Peter out towards the end. But that's just the nature of television. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not, yeah. Um, the Fall. Oh, I just finished season two of that. I just finished season two of The just Fall. Don't watch the third season. You told me not to watch just, the third season, so I'm not going it's, to. It's just not it's not really worth it. Like the last episode's really good and then after anything before that. I feel like you could wrap up what happens in season three in like a few sentences. It's like yeah. nothing happens. It's just mm-hmm. like a collection of repeating scenes yeah, over I, and over I again. I would say the the last one is the only one in that series worth watching. The other one's just yeah, I, they could have just had that last episode, like at the end of season two, like, you know, like some sort of like in between kind of thing. But I don't just... know, even now, I don't think you really need that last episode. No, but if you like how it ends, quote unquote, then yeah, I guess. I like how season two ended. Yeah, it was it's like a, a great ending. Oh, they should they should have stopped it there. They have I think. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of tempted to just stop watching it at that point because I heard season three wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm not going to carry on. This yeah, is, we, that's where the the show ends for me. And yeah, it was we a kind fucking of, great show. We kind of persevered. It does kind of ruin the show a little bit. I think. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, maybe we should have stopped. I think if I ever rewatch it, I'll only watch the first two seasons. I won't bother with the third one because it's just Probably. really boring. It, it, like nothing happens. No. Nothing of note. It took me a while to watch the second season because, like, it's so dour and like it's everything really happens. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's yeah. so upsetting. So, like, it took me yeah. ages to finish it. We, whereas we watched it in like a couple of days. Yeah. Actually, not even that. Oh man, that's a good show, and I would recommend that now that I've seen like the first two seasons. But I would only recommend the first two seasons as oh, that's yeah. what I've seen. I think all three of us would happily just say watch the first two seasons mm-hmm. and forget the show <laughs> ever continued. If we wanted to do like a retrospective on the fall or something, I don't know, 10 out of 10 for the second season. Yeah, that's I'd agree with that. Me. Yeah, it's, it's the best season. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. In season three, I give like a five. It's just boring as shit. Yeah I just, feel, yeah, I just feel like nothing was really added until like the last episode. So what's the point? <laughs> it's a shame. While I was watching like season two, I was like, this is like, some of the, what's going on here is like the best television I've ever seen. Yeah, mm. I'd agree with that. And then it all went mm. downhill from there. They're all so good. All the acting's so good. Amazing show. Thanks, BBC. Yeah, thanks, Wheel. For that and nothing else. <laughs> we watched a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, the new one. That we that did. did. What is it, Chris? Because you <laughs> love the shit out of it. So the film is Licorice Pizza, his um, newest movie, which came out um, like in the last week. I've seen it twice now. Saw it, um, I think a day or two after it came out, and I saw it with you guys a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the film's set in, I think, 1975 in um, San Fernando Valley in America. It's all about um, a high school student called Gary Valentine, played by Cooper Hoffman, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. 
Um, and he has this like weird relationship slash friendship with Alana Kane, a girl who he meets who like helps out this school photography sort of thing. They strike up a friendship because he wants to get with her, and it's kind of like all about the different shit they get up to. He's like a entrepreneur, businessman sort of thing, and he's like going down loads of different a- avenues, like. He's like a showman and has a huge ego and wants to do like everything and films kind of about all the different things that he does and the way their relationship blossoms. Have you noticed that Chris has failed to mention the like, you know, I said he was a high school student. He's 15 and she's 25. Gross. That's it. That's that's all I'm saying on this. Gross. That's all that Darcy's saying on this. For the time being, until someone brings That's it up. That's all she had to say about the film. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was okay. It's like the worst Paul Thomas Anderson movie I've seen, to be fair. I, I, like, I yeah. love him as a director. I think he's fantastic. This just didn't really hit the mark for me, though. Although it was like super weak. It was like every so often I was like, what? I was checking my watch a lot. I was like, what, <laughs> what time is it? It's like two hours and like 15 minutes long. It was and quite it a feels long feels that length. And I don't know. I just, I didn't really care. I didn't really care about what was going on. I didn't care about like these guys because, you know, the, what Darcy said is fair. You know, he's 15, she's 25. And that's kind of gross. <laughs> I thought the entire time I was like, why do I care about these uh, guys who are doing this if one of them is essentially a child? Like, imagine if they swapped the genders round for this and like it was a 25 year old guy and a a 15 year old girl that would be like this film's cancelled that would that yeah it would be cancelled it wouldn't be acceptable i mean it is kind of being cancelled by a lot of people really (laughs) Um, i can't blame them i really can't like when you really think about it it is gross but i guess the only thing i can say in this defense is that it's not like overtly in that it's not sexual really yeah like yeah like nothing really actually happened on like and what they, but it's like, like they, if you're 25 years old, why are you hanging yeah. around a bunch of 15 year olds and his mates? Yeah, it's really like, sad. she even says that. It's like, why am I hanging around yeah. with Gary and his 15 year old mates? It's like, yeah, he's 15 years old too. Yeah. Like, why, why are you doing it? And then she just continues to do it. But then I guess, the, see, for me, I don't, I don't have a lot to compare it to because um, I've only seen two of his films, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like there's it, some punch drunk love. Yeah, but it? that film was like infinitely better than that film, if I'm honest. But then you'd probably agree with that, to be honest. Yeah, that's his best film, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I think he rarely misses. Um, and I wouldn't even say that he missed on this occasion. It's just not really something that I feel I can ever go back to because I don't care. And like, I got home and then I forgot that I watched it and I didn't really remember <laughs> anything about it. Do, do I, I kind of understand what you mean because. Literally just before, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? I was like, oh, what films are we going to talk about? And then you were like, oh, we're going to talk about Licorice Pizza. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Licorice oh, Pizza. we watched that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I got out. I was like, I couldn't even tell you what that movie was about. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple yeah. plot, to Very be fair. simple it's, coming it's, of age type thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, where it relies more on like the characters, I don't really care much for the characters. Yeah, that's which the is... problem, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of like what the film relies on. Mm. It's like a hangout movie. It's like very relaxed. There's not loads of mm. stuff happening in terms of plot. Um, so if you don't enjoy hanging out with the characters and don't enjoy being in this world, then you're not going to enjoy the movie. But like, mm. obviously, I'm the complete opposite. I really love these characters. I love 
the all of 70 setting and like just being in that universe and seeing how everything is so i got so much out of it because See, of that i liked i liked all the characters individually but i didn't like them when they were together but i think that's more to do with the fact that i just couldn't get out of my head i just think it's so gross that a 15 year old and 25 year old could ever be together i just think it's gross yeah i just i just can't get behind it that's all but like yeah, like the characters themselves are actually, I really like them. They're actually really likable, but all the acting's really good. Yeah, to be honest, Every, even like even all the direction's really great. Obviously, because Paul Thomas Anderson's a brilliant director. Mm. I don't really feel like it misses on a technical level. It's just like on that story level, it's not really what I'm looking for. No, in fact, it was like the opposite of what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man, because <laughs> Chris was like, oh, I think you'll like this film, and just failed to yeah. mention that I probably just would not enjoy. I thought you might find it funny, and you laughed a few times. It was funny. Although, okay, can we actually just talk about something for a second? And we all know what we're going to talk about. Asian I want to talk about the the like blatant racism in this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I I was actually just I think I was just shocked more than anything else because it just it wasn't necessary for anything at all. Was it like the guy who puts on an Asian yeah. accent to talk to the? The Asian woman. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, because they're Japanese. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, what are they saying? And he yeah, went, I don't like know. I don't even speak Japanese. <laughs> he, he's speaking English to her, but with like a Japanese accent. Mm. It's like really over the top and stupid. Uh, yeah, that happened, like, I kind yeah. of laughed like the first time. I was like, that's silly. Yeah, I laughed because I was keeps shocked. Happening. Yeah. I'm like, why is he doing it? Why does he keep doing this? <laughs> um, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's like meant to be making fun of like how out of touch and racist people were towards asian people mm-hmm. at that point oh yeah yeah um, um yeah i completely though, get why there's like a lot of backlash to that joke because it's like super super controversial no, i was it, hearing about it before the film came out well well yeah that's true um i guess yeah we do have to put into context that like you said it is set in like 1970 something so i suppose <sighs> i guess it was bound to happen but they didn't need to put it in there i don't think yeah, he, there's, a lot, a there's a lot to do with like what what goes on in in that time. It's yeah. like yeah, there's racism, there's sexism. Everyone's trying to pinch um the girl's butt all the mm-hmm. time and like hit on her. Yeah, there's, oh yeah, like that bit that, that happens at the beginning yeah. where the where her boss like Grabs slaps her on the ass, yeah. and I was like, excuse me, like I literally <laughs> visibly moved <laughs> well, my head. Okay. I was like, what the hell? Just None happened of, there. Yeah, it won't, won't fly now. I didn't know it was like set in the seventies until I until I saw like the phones that they were using, oh. which are like just <laughs> onto the onto the walls of their mm. houses. I was like, "Oh, it's the olden days." I'm not gonna lie; it took me a while to get there. In fact, it took me so long to get there that I didn't figure out until he um, sat on the waterbed, and I went, "Oh, they didn't have waterbeds." <laughs> the seventies. Mm. It's a new <laughs> thing. Oh, okay, but it was. I think it was mostly me. Um, not really like picking up on the fact that because obviously you can have like vintage phones now so i didn't really think about it until i saw the waterbeds and i went no one would have them yeah <laughs> like his new business tactic i was like why are we watching this guy sell waterbeds they're like i don't care about this <laughs> why do you love waterbeds so much i just kept thinking about how like impractical a waterbed would be yeah like yeah. i wasn't really thinking about the film anymore i was just thinking that is so dumb like what what if it explodes what if uh, Edward Scissorhands goes yeah. on it and he <laughs> punches the waterbed yeah. when Winona Ryder comes in? <laughs> what a hero. 
I feel like a lot of this film for me is kind of like almost like a teenage fantasy. Like the scenes are almost like living out um, his fantasies. Like he's just imagining these things and everything's going kind of how he'd want it to be. Because like, a lot of things happen in this movie that I feel like wouldn't happen in real life. Like him going on having this successful acting career and then starting a waterbed business and like yeah. being like really rich from that. And then owning his own pinball place. It's <laughs> yeah. like, the pinball it's place like, was the best. I, I feel like he should have had some sort of fall. He should have like, had some sort of fall from grace because he was oh, always yeah, up. Like, yeah, but, like, like there was nothing that like took him down a peg at all. He was always like he's a massive entrepreneur who was like trying to chat up um what's her face in the beginning and he's like, Yeah, I'm a great actor, I've been in loads yeah. of stuff. And I was like, he's lying. But then he actually was and he was doing all those things. I was like, he should have been like lying and then he has to like do something to make himself better but like he was always great yeah and even, for some reason and even the like trouble that they had with like um gas running out and they couldn't like do the bed business anymore, it was like the was, only like, thing no that i found and to be a little then, bit tense even then was nothing when they really happened destroyed there. bradley cooper's home oh my <laughs> god like, oh shit how unhinged was that man that was a great scene that i really like love bradley cooper in that <laughs> He's just, just like shouting at him, telling him he's going to kill his entire family. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I actually thought for a couple of seconds that it was Jason Bateman and I got really excited. And then I looked up the cast afterwards and I went, that's not Jason Bateman, that's Bradley Cooper. I'm upset, but I do like Bradley Cooper. So no yeah, harm. He's good in this movie. Oh yeah, he was great. It was unhinged. There's like- a lot of um, really great performances throughout. Um, obviously, Cooper Hoffman is incredible in the movie, I think. There's like so many points where I was looking at him and I was just like, he's like, he is a his clone dad. Of his Literally, dad. he is his dad. Like he looks very similar. A lot of the mannerisms and stuff he does, like exactly he, what his dad. He sounds did. similar to him as well, but like not in the not in that same kind of way. Yeah, it's like he's, a younger he's version. Really young. Is he actually? He can't be fifteen, can he? He must be. Yeah, he's a teenager is he actually 15 in real life. In real life, I don't know if he's fifteen, but I know he's oh. a teenager in real life. Wow. Mm. No, he's really good, like really, because this is his debut, isn't it? Yeah, really good. As with um, Alana Haim, um, she was, fa- she was, she was really fan- great like, in the movie. Great. All right, I'm, 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 I'm ragging on the film quite a lot because I don't like the story. She was like but the best performance great. for me. Yeah, she was. I'd agree. She was great. You got the entirety of the Haim band in there. And I did really, yeah. Amazing. Literally everyone was in it, and I was like, what the hell? It's because um. Paul Thomas Anderson's really close friends with him. He's like done loads of music videos for them over the years. Oh, I did. I didn't even um, because I don't really listen to them, so I recognised her, but I didn't recognise the others. There was like a scene in that where, like, I thought after it had ended, I was like, "That was the best scene." And then, like, I don't even like really remember it now. It was like she blows up at her family because they're like taunting her or something. She's like, why don't you just shut the fuck up? And she's like telling everyone to just shut the fuck up. Or like, um, oh yeah, you shouldn't have yelled like that Like when they're out on the curb. And she's just like, oh, go fuck yourself. And then yeah. that was it. <laughs> That's a really great thing. So a lot of like really like big actors as well just have like mm-hmm. random like appearances like Bradley Cooper, um, Sean Penn's in there at one uh, point. John C. <laughs> Riley mm-hmm. is just chilling. Yeah, is that he him? plays yeah. Herman Munster yeah. from the Monsters. He was, he was literally it for like mm-hmm. 10 seconds. Oh, right. So there was like a booth in the corner and he was talking to some kid like, you can't do that with yeah, Mam Frankenstein or No, they're like, are you the Jumba? real Herman Munster? Yeah. And he's like, I am the real Herman Munster, but you can't be here right now. You have to go away till we open. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was literally like, it was like a come and go, like, yeah. spam. I like Sean Penn. Yeah. I don't see him in much. 
He was the motorcycle guy. Yeah, the actor who's like trying to seduce Alana. There, he has like a great oh, scene in the okay. in the restaurant where he's getting like fucked, and he notices his friend who's played by Tom Waits, and they just like start shooting. Oh, by shit. the way, that that was horrific. I hated that whole thing, but I think it's because it made me feel really like uneasy. I can't yeah. explain it. Like it was so sleazy and gross. You got um, um, Benny Safdie's also in it. Benny Safdie, like, the guy who's running for mayor. Yeah, I like oh, him. I like him a lot. He's a very interesting-looking guy. I yeah. must say, I said I said that when I got back. I went, he's a very interesting-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. He's, I don't, he's got like a really strange look, but he's got like really nice eyes. It's really weird. I can't explain it. He just looks like he's been punched quite a lot. But <laughs> Wow! <laughs> nice, but no, he's no. I liked him in this film. I thought he was going to be in it a bit more because I saw that he was in it, and I thought he'd be in yeah, it. Yeah, that's what that I thought sense. about. Um, Sean Penn and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and they as well, just like weren't fair. in it. No, I completely forgot they were in it until they appeared. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything about this movie, so I didn't know anyone was in it. And when everyone when everyone turns up, it's like, oh shit, that was Sean Penn. Oh shit, it's Bradley Cooper. Oh shit, it's that guy. Yeah, See, I wish I had that, that kind of nice. thing, but then I didn't know who half the people even were until yeah. like. And you <laughs> like had um, the, the waitress from It's Always Sunny plays um, yeah. Gary's mum. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love there. her. Yeah, she was good. She ain't had it much. Yeah, she's no. not to be honest. But then um, it's not that integral to the story, I suppose. I wish I could talk a bit more about this movie, but honestly, I can't really remember it. Um, <laughs> and I watched it like two days ago. Was and it that's two days my ago? problem with the movie. It was something like that, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we watched it on Sundays, um, so it was like three days ago. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, I remember like a lot of it. Um I just don't I just really don't have a lot to say because mm-hmm. it's one of those films where it's like it's good and everyone's good in it, but yeah, I think Chris is right. If you don't enjoy the story, I don't think you're gonna like it because there's like nothing else yeah. happening. Yeah, if you don't like the characters or the universe, it's not really a film for you. I feel the exact same way about his film Inherent Vice, which is a very, very similar structurally. It's like, doesn't really have much of a plot. It's kind of just like a bunch of loose scenes stitched together. Mm. Um, That film I like far less than this, but um, I definitely still like it. I don't think he's a director who's missed yet. Even his weaker films, I still think are good movies. Even Hard Eight? Yeah, I think Hard Eight's a good movie. I've not seen Hard Eight, but everyone seems to not like it, so I thought I'd bring that yeah, one in, like movie. Hard Eight. <laughs> it's not great, but oh, okay. it's good still. Fair enough. Well, those big ones are like Magnolia and The Master and just Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, yeah. I literally have not seen a single one of those films. Oh, you've got to. Yeah. On to ratings. Uh, sure. What are we rating it out of? Peter Farth. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I really, really love this movie. Like I said, I've seen it twice now, and I just enjoyed it like so much both times. I just love these characters, love the universe. I really like the soundtrack, like of all like seventies rock music, like David Bowie and Wings and stuff. Um, yeah, I just really love this movie. Paul Thomas Anderson is a master director. I give it ten pedophiles out of ten. I think you like laughed when you announced that. <laughs> like, ha, pedophiles. We don't have a pedophile. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. You're such a freak. <laughs> it's weak, honestly. It's kind of weak for me. Won't watch it again, probably. 
Um, it's like not one that I feel would enhance on a second watch. Otherwise, like I'd be a bit more keen. I'd be like, maybe there was something I missed there, but I don't know. I just kind of sat there and took it all in. It's not for me. Um, I much prefer in terms of like a hangout movie. I don't know, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I prefer that, that, that film. film. Yeah, that yeah. film was amazing. Uh, six pedophiles out of ten. I actually can't believe we're writing it out. Yeah, this I can't believe so it. ridiculous. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I think if this film had been um, like with characters of like a nice legal age, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I, I just can't get past it. It's, it's enough. It is personal. I just can't get past it. Um, seven pedophiles out of ten. Cool. Now we're we're doing some movies. What? Who'd have guessed? Um, we're doing <laughs> Darren Aronofsky movies. We got Requiem for a Dream. We got The Fountain and Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Chris. Darcy. Take it away, Darcy. You picked this indeed, one. Yeah. Um, so we obviously did this in, or I say obviously, we did this in order of release. So I am first. Um, Reckon for a Dream came out in 2000, and it's about four people um, dealing with addiction, essentially. Um, three of them dealing with drugs, another one kind of dealing with drugs, but it's on like a different sort of scale. Um, and it's just essentially about uh, the downfall of addiction, basically, with a lot more tenseness to it. What do we think? Eh. It was okay. <laughs> I said to someone that I was going to watch this movie, and they were like, oh, that's a movie. Oh, that's a devastating <laughs> movie. It's devastating. That's a movie you have to talk about. When you see it, you, ha- you just have to talk about it. And I got out of it, and I was like, I could quite happily not talk about it. I don't care what's go- what was going on. I didn't really care for the characters all that much you know it's a good movie but i don't think i got a sense of like everyone's like oh it's devastating i didn't feel devastated i didn't feel really anything i thought like mostly a lot of the technical stuff was pretty cool um but like in terms of like an emotional reaction i just kind of sat there wasn't this is like the well it's not the weakest Aronofsky because I quite liked it, but it's kind of down there for me. I don't know. And I had the opposite. Yeah. Like I literally had that. Like we'll get, we'll get back to this like visceral feeling that because I've I've had it quite a lot in this marathon. But um, in this film in particular, um, I get this like tenseness that I can't quite describe other than it builds up so much with like the music and the story. And uh, to be honest, I just wanted to jump out the window. Just to get away from it. Do you think um, you feel that way because you went in like expecting it to be like that? So, like, because so many people obviously consider this to be like the greatest movie ever made, and like, I don't think a I really think... horrifying, like, depressing movie. Do you think you kind of went in expecting it to be like that? So maybe you were a bit disappointed when it wasn't or didn't affect you. It might have been a factor, but then I also feel like I've not. This doesn't do anything that I've not seen in other movies. Like other movies, they kind of tackle uh, drug problems or like addiction. I don't think it's really a far cry from like 
I don't know, like climax is like something that I kind of equate to this in terms of like, it's a lot, a lot of people doing a lot of drugs, but it's like so like horrendous and everything that's going on is like terrifying, but I don't get like that kind of feeling from this. And I don't really like all the acting is really good. I'll say that. Uh, I do like this movie. I think like, you know, Jared Leto is fantastic. Jennifer Connelly is brilliant. Uh, Marlon Wayans, even who I don't really see in a lot of good movies, but like he really does a great job in this. Alan Bernstein's great. Um, everyone's great. Everything is great, but it's like, I don't really connect to it. I don't think. Yeah. You just didn't get that, that feeling like, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Cause sometimes you watch a film and you're looking for it's like, oh, the doing feeling. Drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a movie about people doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know, I don't know about Chris, but I guess for me, I feel like maybe it's because of how, like, I don't know, because everything is so bad and so wrong, it kind of builds up in my own head. So I feel like I'm feeling it six times more than I should be because I'm just watching people on a screen at the end of the day. Like I don't know why it makes me feel that way, but I literally just wanted to leave the room. I, just, I, can't, I can't watch it without feeling some sort of way. And every time it ends, I go, that is the last time I'm watching it. And then I pick it from the marathon and then I regret it about half an hour in. Yeah, it's not a film that, well, it definitely doesn't affect me as badly as it does you, Darcy. Mm. A lot mm. of why love about the movie is just how it is just on a technical level. And like Max said, the acting, um, that's kind of mostly what I get out of the movie because I do think technically it's really great i love all of the visuals throughout i think it's very creative visually and how it's trying to tell the story like there's a lot of like usages of like split screen throughout um, which i wish was used a little bit more but when it's used i think it's really effective like yeah, in the cool. opening scene where um got ellen burston like hiding in her room and like jared leto snapping in the apartment and stealing her tv like i like using those different like perspectives like mm. halfway through the screen i think that's really interesting i love like all the bits where they're doing drugs where it's like loads of fast cutting and like close-up mm. shots that are kind of creepy but like really gross at points and some points like makes it almost look cool like, a lot of it, I feel <laughs> no, like it's kind is, of the opposite of what they're trying to go yeah, for it's almost like totally it's know. directed like a music video i think those bits yeah it does look, kind it of does has look like really a cool. rhythmic sort of feel all of that is like probably my favorite stuff in the film i think I mean, yeah it's, yeah, it's like visually I've not seen that kind of thing happen very often, especially with like these weird like stop motion bits where like they're eating food, but then it just goes and then yeah. that's it, like the food's gone and it's just like you don't see any like movement. It's just kind of like there. I mean, yeah, I don't see it very often. So it was like kind of cool, but I also really hated like the excess noise. Yeah, it was like like like, they like were the slurping or something. Stuff. Yeah, like like every time they're like, what did what did people like? <laughs> what do they take pills like that? They like they put it in the palm of their hand and they like clap their hand to their mouth. They're like, yeah, oh, okay. I feel, it's like, I feel, yeah, it just feel, like goes in. It's like why do you why do you not just put it in your mouth? Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess for me, it's um, like another sensory thing as well. Maybe for me, and maybe not you guys, but I definitely get that like sense of. Um, when there's when there's like a lot of noise and like uh, like loads of the shots are like really really brightly coloured and stuff like this film hits me in a way that it probably shouldn't hit me but then a lot of other people would agree that it hits them in a certain way because I see it on TikTok all the time like 10 films you can only watch once because it's so upsetting 
and it's always on the list like yeah. so i can't be the only one that feels that kind of way i would say yeah, this no. is a film that i would only watch once because i don't care about it <laughs> oh no I, do you know what and that's fine like i i won't watch it again because i can't handle it like mm. i just i can't do it on a like a i don't think it physical like, scale i don't think it ever glorified the use of drugs though which i quite found uh probably a, the, the, the wise choice though, right? you know yeah. um because you know, like their their lives really do get fucked up. It's, the whole film's kind of got like a quite a dirty aesthetic to it, which is yeah. quite interesting. It's probably good to go for that kind of thing and not glamorize it too much. Yeah, I felt yeah, quite I think filthy. That's kind of the point. It's almost like an anti-drug film. It kind of shows mm-hmm. the horrors of what could happen if you get addicted or don't use correctly. I I, yeah. I guess if you if you ever wanted to have an anti-drugs uh, film for a school. This would be yeah, a good yeah, place just to show start, this wouldn't to kids. I wouldn't show this to a child. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't actually show them that. Probably but... show it to a teenager. I'm sure they'd yeah. be fine with it. Yeah, probably. I'm sure they'd be fine with it. This is the famous last words, right? I mean... Time to go do some drugs. <laughs> no one's saying that after seeing this movie. No, but then I kind of got that feeling from um, Train Spotting as well. I felt that yeah. kind of way. Like I was like, oh my God. In fact, in Trainspot and I would argue that there's like bits that are like significantly worse than this film. Yeah, I get more of a reaction from Trainspot yeah, than yeah, I do right. with this. Trainspotting is a better movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I hate to agree. I like that Jared Leto's just like always stealing the his mum's television, yeah. selling it, but buying drugs with the but money. And then that. she goes to buy the TV back. This whole like cyclical thing. It's quite sad actually when yeah. you think about it. But then I guess that's just that's just part of it, isn't it? That's part of addiction that um I guess people don't really talk about because people are too busy glorifying like how great drugs are, I guess. You don't think about like all the kind of things that you have to do to get yeah, by. It's, it's, it's why it's an addiction, right? Yeah, stoop to like the real lows. Yeah, like this film stealing from your yeah. own mother. Yeah. Imagine like I could. <sighs> you basically, I'd watch this film and be like, okay, I'm never going to touch a drug in my life. Yeah, but there's something you I know. can point to this movie that I fucking hate. Like I actually hate it. It's like that show that Sarah's watching. Well, like there's this, this oh, guy. Pete, he's exciting. like they're do, yeah they're do, just do, like, do, like do. chanting their juice song. They're saying juice a lot, and I'm like, oh shut up. <laughs> do you know what I kind of wish that we did though? On the menu there was a juice bit. I want to know what juice yeah. was. Was juice just that? Like it's just like yeah, maybe you did just play the TV show. Like, yeah, like I didn't understand. Sarah's got juice. Sarah's got juice. Oh, Sarah I was like, shut up, <laughs> stop yeah. saying it. Yeah, it it was a little bit repetitive, yeah. wasn't it? I suppose her. Her like relationship with TV is almost like an addiction in itself. Mm. Like she seems to be quite isolated from everyone and just spends a lot of her time just inside watching this same mm. show over and over again. I'm gonna be on TV. I gotta admit, that would drive you mad in itself, wouldn't it? Just watching mm. the same show. Like, wasn't there anything else on TV? Maybe she taped all the episodes. And <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Does she even know that she's gonna be on that show? Yeah, was the it that show? show? Yeah, like, you're going to be on TV. TV. We're, we're calling though? you, and you're going to be on TV, and she just believes them. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, she believed it to be that show that she yeah. was watching, as if like that's the only show yeah. ever on TV. I feel like there's a possibility that even that's like not a real thing. Like maybe she, what she you know, just did. It could have been like her going insane. Oh yeah, because there yeah. was that like slight bit at the end where um, she runs out of the room, and the TV's not actually playing anything. So yeah. maybe, yeah could be there was like the part 
where like she's watching she's like having a breakdown mm. and then like the set of her apartment actually gets broken down because it's a oh. set for the tv show yeah that's oh, that my was awesome. favorite bit in the film <laughs> it's so, it's cool. so creepy i think that's yeah. like the one bit in the film that like really terrifies me mm. like when like her and like the host like the better version of her come out of the tv yeah. and like they're and they're all like warbled up because they're like from the tv yeah and they're like m- like mocking her like flat yeah like, it's so yeah. creepy it's really horrible as well actually because i feel really like sorry for her because if you think about like her life and you know what i mean like her husband i guess died and She's yeah. on her own and her sons are druggy and, you Never know. sees her except to steal yeah. her TV. And, she, and then she's like basically addicted to uppers or whatever. Mm. I, I don't know. I felt, like out of everyone's story, I felt the worst for yeah, her. Yeah, her story's the one that like really, like I'm really invested every time I watch it. I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that Ellen Burstyn is fucking incredible in this movie. She's so good. She's one of my favourite actresses. Obviously, she's like probably best known as well for The, the Exorcist. She's the mum mm-hmm. in that. She's oh. great in that movie. I think in this, she might even be better. Like She genuinely gives one of my favourite performances in any film in this. It was just so convincing, wasn't it? Like I just, honestly, I can't tell you how uncomfortable this film makes me feel. Which is one yeah. reason why I will never watch it again. I just, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Going back to acting, actually, I wanted to bring up Marlon Wayans also because he's pretty you, good to I be honest. Him up briefly, and like, I've only ever seen him in like shit, like Scary Movie and White Chicks, and like mm-hmm. all those shit comedy movies he made. And like, it's crazy seeing him like actually in like a dramatic role and being like really great. In yeah, it. I wonder how that came about because. I feel like that's yeah. what Darren Aronofsky does very well, though. He gets yeah. like actors who aren't, like, or maybe they're out of the limelight, or they need like a resurgence or something, or like maybe they need something to kind of prop them up a bit. And he just goes here, be in my movie, and he makes them like really great. Yeah, because I can't imagine um, Jared Leto being in many movies before this, because this yeah, was no, this was one of his big um, breakthrough mm, films, yeah. along with like American Psycho and Fight Club. I like Jared Leto a lot as an actor. I do. I, I actually prefer some, him as an actor. If I'm yeah, totally, I think he's made some honest. bad decisions in the past with with roles. But you know, he's 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 done some really good work. Honestly, yeah, I think he can be good when he's in the right performance. Mm-hmm. Like Suicide Squad, he was not good in, but like <laughs> something like this or Dallas Buyers Club, he was great. I've heard he's really really bad in House of Gucci, but I've heard yeah. that is mostly because his character's like really flamboyant, so it doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. But until I've seen the film, I'm not really going to comment. Works with something like but... creepy, like in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, he's <laughs> great in that as well. I think he suits that kind of dude. thing, maybe because he he, yeah. he, uh, he almost in himself is almost like interdimensional. <laughs> like he's, I feel like he's not really a person. I can't explain <laughs> it. Like if you if you like ever read about him, um, didn't he go? He went on like a really long retreat and didn't even know COVID was a thing until he came yeah, back six months into his he had retreat. Like a six month vow yeah. of silence in like the middle of like the <laughs> desert or something. Yeah, and he has like a cult or something somewhere yeah, in like a know. in like his own island or something. I swear to God, he is not a human being, but I I kind of love him. He's I don't a love character. Him. Yeah, like he's an interesting guy, mm-hmm. and he's very good in this. Oh yeah, I he's thought. great in this. Like loses his arm at the end. You see his face like crumple up. Like, <laughs> My mom. Yeah, yeah, that's quite bad, sad. Where he's sad. like, he's calling <laughs> yeah. up his girlfriend. She's like, "Can you come tonight?" Because she's like about to go to this orgy, and yeah, he's fucking hell. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come tonight." 
It's like really upsetting seeing that bit. Mm. Yeah, I felt for him. I mean, like, <sighs> I can't feel bad for everyone in this film. Like, this film is just like, <sighs> just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just get that that feeling of like, I kind of want to smack him, but also kind of like just want to take him away from it all. Mm. <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Don't even feel good in the orgy scene. Just feel S sad. You <laughs> <laughs> shout come over and over again. <laughs> Do you know what? That will make someone not come, let's be honest. <laughs> what a horrible scene that was. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she like had it got it the worst, honestly. Because that was like completely fucked up. Which is really weird yeah. as well, because she seems like at the end it seems like she had the best out of it, if yeah. that makes sense. Like she's she's happy, she's got a little druggy bag. She's all right. She's yeah, content. She kind of had to like just completely humiliate herself and demean herself to get. It. I know, but if you if you look at everyone else's ending, yeah, she seemed to have it the best, which is sad when you actually think about it. Yeah, at least she didn't have to go for electroshock therapy. Oh my <laughs> god, that looked absolutely horrific. Poor Ellen, or Sarah. I know. Name? Sarah Goldfarb. Mm. One name. Great name. All right, right. She like stops eating. So her she, fridge just like eats that one grapefruit. Her fridge is like trying to attack her, and <laughs> yeah. she won't eat. I hate that that's bit where the fridge moves. as well. Yeah, that is that. She wants to fit into out. like her red dress. That's like obviously a commentary on like who's allowed to be on television, like that you have to conform to like a certain body shape to like. It's like her her own thing that she's putting on herself because mm. she has to fit into her own dress. But like, that's a thing, you know. That's what people go through. But like, there's also. Is there no repercussions for like um, doctors and you know the the professional medical people who have like basically just given us speed? Nah. Like, was he a real doctor then, or was it, or was it just like? Because surely that I don't know. Does that actually happen? I don't know. I imagine I, it does. Sadly, I, I I just don't know. I know this was two thousand, so this was like a whole lifetime ago now. But it's also a bit heightened. I don't know. It's yeah, like, I guess so. Yeah, that, that would really happen, but it's like, yeah, but sometimes it does, you know, and like, it, maybe like a doctor wouldn't be that incompetent, but like people get drugs by any means whatsoever if they're that addicted to I it. I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Ugh, how bleak. Something else I really love about the movie is the music. I think it has a really great score. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. Super iconic music, like that theme song is like <laughs> super <laughs> memorable. <laughs> the piece by file. Yeah. yeah, I knew that like theme song before mm. I even watched the movie. The only the only thing I don't like about it is that um, it's like almost the only music that's yeah, in it. If it that is, makes I sense, I think they play it a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. But I love like there's like a great mixture of strings throughout with like these like really industrial drums. Yeah, that sounds very very of its time, but yeah. I think it really works well in the film. Mm-hmm. I guess I could, yeah, I can't really fault it for being of its time because it is of its time. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a little bit harsh. Like, oh, this film was made in 2000. It's very 2000. Well, yeah. Well, that's the chaotic energy of it. Mm. But I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I love that shot where, like, it's like an aerial shot of Jennifer Connelly in the bath, but she's, like, hunched over. So you only see, like, her back and her yeah. face is completely submerged in the bath. That was, like, kind of creepy there's a lot of really really great cinematography throughout mm-hmm. i think i love like any time there's like the cameras like attached to someone's body 
it happens like a few times in the film. Like I think it's happened when Jennifer Connelly like first leaves. Um, is it Little John or whatever his name is? Like the guy that she like sleeps with right near the end who invites oh, her to and the it orgy. Like, it like moves around. Yeah, she like leaves yeah. his apartment. She looks like really upset, and the camera's like attached to her, so like her face mm-hmm. is just perfectly centered as the rest of her body moves. I think any time it does that, it just looks really great. Yeah. I love those kinds of shots. Yeah, it made, feel, it made me feel a bit sick. I think it's just like all the moving. And that's kind of the point, though. Yeah, I mean, given the circumstances, I'm not really surprised. I love she's like, she she wants to hang out with um, Jared Leto, so she's like, he's like, what, oh, you you got to get a job. And she's like, oh, if I, you could set up your own business. And she's like, if I set up my own business, I won't be able to hang out with you. He's like, well, you're, you're <laughs> never going to get a job, ever. Yeah, that doesn't make Women, any sense, eh? does it? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I like when the film just like suddenly transitions through seasons. So it has that like title card and it's like that really loud like slamming noise. Oh, I didn't like that. That slamming noise was so stupid. It was like, full, winter, like, okay, we get it. <laughs> I like it. It's the seasons. Yeah. I don't know. Be like, you didn't really need to happen. Mm-mm. Like you could just kind of tell, like, no, I, what, I mean, I what appreci- it was by, like, I don't know, like if they went outside, or like you could tell passage of time without transitions like that. Yeah, I, I think they could have just easily did that thing that they do in like more modern movies, where they just put the text at the bottom, like of a new scene, like "full," and it's like, okay, I didn't well, need not even that. Full, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean. You just it, tell like a lot of times gone by in terms of like I don't know maybe uh, like just things about like settings would change or like the actors would change or the faces would change I don't know this is not like like Twilight did that you know where Bella was like sitting in the window and then like, it, it says oh it's around. it's winter it's autumn it's this and that. to be fair I guess it did uh, you yeah it could have been without because there were like scenes where um. I've forgotten the characters' names now. Harry and the other one. Yeah, we're talking about Tyrone. Uh, is it Tyrone? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's they, Marlon Wayne's yeah, character. Yeah. When they were talking about last summer, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess so," because that means time has definitely changed since last summer. But I guess I don't know. It's just yeah, I, I don't think it was necessary, but it the uh, the noise was just very unnecessary. Just dong, summer dong. Yeah, dun, dun. ratings. Dong. Yeah, let's do it. Dong. Should we do it out of dongs? I was going to say out of juices. Let's go out of juices. Juices. Yeah. It's a really great movie, I think. Um, I do get what Max means um, from everything he said. Um, I think it's a, it's not like a super accessible movie that I think everyone in the world could watch. Um, but I'd still recommend it if you want something a bit chaotic. can be a bit depressing at times. But just like a really well-made movie, I think. I'm going to give it 10 juices out of 10. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of got up. I was like, that's that. On to the next one. I felt nothing. So I'll give it six. Because it was pretty good. It was, it was decent. I liked a lot about it, but I don't know. Just didn't really connect with it. Six juices out of 10. Thanks. I never want to watch this film again. Um, I don't recommend it to anybody on the basis that it's just I can't I can't expect like after you watch it you just don't want to do anything at all. It it just sucks the soul out of you. 
So, but on that basis, um, I'm going to give it a nine juices out of ten. What did I get? No, yeah, we'll, we'll go with nine. Cool. Doesn't matter what you gave it. No, you it was it was actually eight, but my brain went nine. So nine from natural instinct will just stay nine. Be excited. Be, be excited. And then we jumped into the next movie immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that. Let's go on to The Fountain. Directed by Darren Aronofsky again, and it was from 2006. It's like a movie. It's some. Uh, it's it's about. Um, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz are married. That's uh, Tommy and uh, Izzy. So like that. Fucking hell! What's happening to the laptop? Oh, that's the noise it makes. It's, it's the crackling. Fan. Yeah, the fan yeah. crackles. Oh, I man. need to get it like. Sounds like it's on fire. Oh, my yeah. it, it needs to be like. Um... Cleaned out. Yeah. You need to do that. God damn. I can't open if it. It, 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 it sounds needs like it's going to explode. It won't, I promise. It just... See, it will shut up now. Okay, cool. So it's between these guys and they're married and uh, Hugh Jackman's a doctor or a scientist. I think he's a scientist. He's trying to cure tumors in monkeys and his wife is he has cancer and the reason he is trying to cure the primary reason to cure the tumors in the in the monkeys is so that he can translate it to humans and uh essentially uh create uh, stop death uh, that's what it boils down to and he was trying to save his wife from dying of cancer and um, while all this is going on uh, Izzy has written a book called The Fountain, and it's a kind of fantasy m- mystical book. Uh, takes place in like a, a magical world where uh, Hugh Jackman plays Thomas, I think, and he's got to stop uh, the the Inquisitor who's uh, going around. He's uh, uh, trying to conquer the world, and he's going to do it for his queen, who's um, Izzy in the book. What do we think of this one? It was a film we watched, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want to go? Um, I didn't really care about anything going mm-hmm. on. Um, I I think what it's trying to say is, I don't think it's like super complex or complicated, like its messages and its themes. But I think it just intentionally tries to tell that message in the most like overly complex and bloated way to the point where does I, I never felt like confused like massively as to what was happening i was just like this is kind of an unnecessary way to tell this story mm-hmm. it's on like a massively grand scale and so much of it i was just like you definitely could have like toned it down a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> i also did not care about this film whatsoever um i think i cared about it less than yeah. everybody else um, I just don't know where to begin with it because the like yeah like the story is simple. It's told in a very complicated way, which is fine because I feel like there are quite a lot of things to this story that kind of make it about what what it is. Like there are like um other sort of like uh messages and like um meanings that I'm supposed to get out of it. And do you know what I appreciate that? It's fine, but I just didn't care. It was it was. Ugh, I think 
there was lots of it where I was like, oh my god, like I was genuinely like quite sad about some of it because it was just like I, I really felt like the sort of like relationship between Hugh Jackman and whoops, meant to know that Rachel Vice. That's the one, her. Um, like I really felt it. Like I felt like there was like a like genuine like relationship there, and it was really sad because obviously she was dying, and he was like, I must desperately try and save her, blah blah blah. But after that, it just becomes whatever. Like it was a simple plot that could have just stayed that way but no there was like really terrible cgi of hugh jackman turning into this thing in a bubble and oh no, no, forget it just no this film wasn't for me sorry uh-huh yeah i hear what you're saying maybe it could be a bit too complicated i feel like it's like everything darren aronofsky like is in like one movie this is like so much his kind of thing he's like really in there with like heavy metaphor for something that like maybe doesn't need it like mother was kind of like that yeah i didn't like that movie that much either <laughs> but i love this movie <laughs> someone love should as well i fucking love the fountain i think it's fantastic i think you know yeah i understand what you guys are saying but also i appreciate the way it was told because i've not really seen something this weird and out there because it is it could so easily have been just like his wife is dying of cancer he's trying to stop it and then like you don't even need the fantastical elements in it really you kind of don't because it could just be like a uh, short and simple movie about a guy's obsession with trying to find a cure for something that he can't cure i think but the, the i appreciate the the idea of going for something a bit more um fantastical with it to kind of contrast like this science to the mystic and like likening our real world struggles with something that can't really be comprehended because there's a lot of bullshit in the movie kind of uh we're like he's in this bubble in space and like he's eating a tree and like he's just constantly ascending in this tree with a bubble and um <laughs> it's like, like what the fuck is happening yeah there were things that was almost like unexplainable but also yeah. in context to like the whole story or like the individual pieces they make sense but, I, but also don't yeah, make sense this is like that's these things don't make sense, you know, because when you lose someone, shit don't make sense, man. And, uh, you know, it's hard to come to terms with these things. And sometimes the only way to kind of process it is to go for something a bit more uh, out there because to convey those kinds of feelings with words doesn't really cut it. No, it, it like on a visual level, it was like, it was quite fascinating because there was just, things happening and it mm -hmm. was like really interesting but it was just it was one of those films that i i can't quite describe because obviously i can't describe what it's really about because there was just a lot happening that was like out of worldly i think with the, the story was... of like the fountain is like uh it's the story within a story the inquisitor is trying to take over the world he's trying to take over these countries they're like get out a map all of the countries that he's um he's infiltrated like mapped out in red it's kind of like blood like through a body it's like cancer he kind of represented the cancer that was going through um izzy's body and like because she was like the queen in the story she, it was like her kingdom so it was like as he goes through her kingdom he's like a cancer that's going through her body and tommy has to 
like stop him as he's he's kind of like an antibody within her her own uh, anatomy trying to protect her as this knight as he kind of tries to do with uh, the the tumors in the monkeys as well the monkey was cute donovan yeah good old donovan i don't actually have an issue with the way it tells this story like telling it in a, like a very huge sort of way with like it like switching between different like stories almost um all connecting into one the biggest problem i think i have with it is that i think it's too short to be able to balance all three of these out to the point where i'm like invested in it mm-hmm. i think that a lot of like my boredom towards the movie comes from the fact i just was struggling to really get invested because i felt like it just didn't really have time to fully flesh everything out yeah i really like the parts where it was just Tommy and Izzy in like the real world yeah. in their own like human, you know, I mean like in their yeah. form and space, but like the rest of it, I just didn't really care about. If yeah. That makes sense. I really loved that. I almost wish there was like more scenes with them together. Yeah. Cause to... it was, they were so nice and believable. Yeah. Like it was so sweet, like sad. I can't explain like them. I liked that. I liked that a lot. And then after they went, I was just like, yeah, I think whoa. maybe if there was more scenes with them together, I would have been much more invested. And like when she dies, like towards the end, maybe I would have actually like cared a lot more than no. I did. I actually thought it was really it was, sad. It when is she sad. Died. It was so sad. I wasn't super invested in the characters, so it didn't really like affect me massively. Oh, Whereas no. I feel <laughs> like if I had more time like spent with the characters, and it wasn't just kind of jumping through different things. I would have been into it a lot more. I felt I've, like I felt that way on a first watch, maybe a bit more. Um, but this time, um, not so much because I kind of feel like you know you're talking as if like the book is like not even kind of connected, but it's like it's it's her own interpretation of what's happening within her body and like within her life and how she sees Tommy. Um, whereas when we're with, uh, them in like the real world, I guess it's more from Tommy's point of view, trying to save his wife, but like, and as we follow him in the book, it's not really him we're following. It's like her interpretation of him. So I feel like we get kind of both sides to that. And like, I felt really upset when she died. I almost cried. It was, I was very emotional. Um, I think it's handled really well. Um, although I don't know if I felt that way on a first watch so much, I probably felt a bit more like you did, Chris. Yeah. I kind of, I think I felt more sad because like, yeah, like I said, like I felt like they were believable and I feel like I could see it from, yeah, like uh, in his point of view, that is like, it's like losing like part of your limb or something, isn't it? It's like, it's like someone that you, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's like, I felt really sad, like really, really sad, but that was the only time I actually felt anything in this film, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this one thing is really sad. Oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I guess, like when he's in like the ball, it's just like he's just in a ball floating <laughs> up into Shibalba. So he, like with this tree, I really liked like all the visuals of that. I actually liked that. Yeah, I loved all the metaphors, um, especially at the end. And I like how it connected with the story they were telling. Um, but like that is kind of like the most disconnected because it's so like deep with the metaphor and it's like, okay, you're just watching this guy sit with a tree for a while. I did like that bit. Um where where like towards the end he's like with this tree 
and then he's dying, I think, and he becomes like part of this landscape because he basically becomes like foliage. Mm-hmm. He which, like yeah. sucks the sap out of the tree. Yeah, and then yeah. becomes like milk. Yeah, it's kind of like cum. Yeah. It actually does look like cum. And then he becomes cum plant. Yeah, there was more to do with like I think. I think that's but that's the like death, hu- hubris like, of man. Like taking what you can't have, or like he's trying to achieve eternal life, but it's like, okay, you want eternal life, but it's not going to be in the form that you're used to, so you're just going to be plants now. Yeah, because it's kind of like I, I kind of thought about like when, um, when people die and they get buried, they kind of become a yeah, like they get they become a different form of life because mm. their bodies then become like, like fertilizer for like plants and stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah, so there's that's like how I felt about a it. lot to do with like the endurance. And eternity of nature, she, uh, Izzy's like, um, now I want to be buried. My friend was buried, um, and they planted like a seed, and then a tree grew over her uh, grave, and then she like she became part of the tree. And then when a bird took like a seed from the tree, like it was part of the bird as well. She was yeah. part of the bird, um, and I think that was mirrored when when he buries her at the end. Um, and I like that kind of this idea that we're all connected to nature in that way. Yeah, I, lo- I love that kind of thing. I just, um, I kind of just wish I felt it a bit more in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Like, maybe it's because, I mean, granted, I was kind of busy doing other things at the same time, so that didn't help, but I just wasn't mm-hmm. feeling it like I should have felt, I feel. Yeah. I kind of, I think there was a lot of insistence on, like, the futility of what he was doing as well with trying to like cure this uh, tumor in the monkey so that he could replicate that within his wife. But it's like, it was almost like he shouldn't have been doing it because he's just at work all the time and he's yeah, not like wasting seeing his, his he's wasting yeah, all of his time when he could be with his wife. And like, she doesn't want him to do that. She, she's kind of already accepted that she's going to die, but like he hasn't, he's literally trying to play God with this. And that's, I think mirrored with like his ascension into Shababa. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure there's going to be desperation in someone who feels like they work in a place where they could cure something. Because mm. you would, wouldn't you? If you could, if you thought you could do it, or you could try and do it, wouldn't you do it? I'm sure there are people out there who are trying to do that. It's like a line where he says, "Death is a disease, and there is a cure, and I will find it." But it's like, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, to I be think honest, it's just a part of. It is a part of life. Uh, the isn't cyclical it? nature of life. And then when you die, you, I don't know, I guess you just become like matter or like energy. Yeah. You become energy and you return to the earth. And then you're connected a bit more with that. It's not like a physical form that we're used to. So we're like, that's death. It's like the death of our physical selves. But like, maybe there's something a bit more to it. And personally, I can't imagine like living forever. Mm. This is why they're, they're so insistent on like death as an act of creation, they say, where it's like she, she dies and then she's put in the earth and then her body becomes one with the earth and then a tree will grow over her. I love a lot of like the, I think the, the visuals, especially like when it's in that, that ball, mm. I think they're really, really creative, but I do think some of the effect work can be a little bit hit or miss throughout. It looks mm-hmm. a bit cheap to me. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked all of it, to yeah, be honest. I don't they, like, think it's like, terrible. Like, but... That tree was like real, and like all the 
stuff around oh, it no, was real. It, it's just like on a green screen. N- none. It was none of that stuff. It was like when Hugh Jackman was like flying in the sky and stuff like that. That just looked awful. But yeah. the rest of it was fine. Like in terms of like I like you know when he would like was becoming the plants and the plants were like pop, 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 pop. yeah that looked really cool yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just when he was flying and stuff. It just looked really bad. <laughs> but the rest of it was fine. The rest of it was good, actually. You know, like when he like climbs up the tree, like yeah. he's kind of like a monkey. Yeah. And then like he jumps out of the ball and then like he turns around and he just goes into like a meditative pose. He floats through the sky. It was very interesting, though. Yeah, it was very like nimble. It yeah. was like, oh, huge Jackman like can move. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that stuff because it's like. Mm. It's so weird. It's weird and out there, and like, you can't put that in a movie and just like have no, people true. go like, okay, <laughs> like, it's 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 kind of stupid in a way. But like, it's I respect Aronofsky for like having the balls to kind of do that with this movie about like a woman who dies of cancer. Oh yeah, fair, yeah, fair play to him because you don't, yeah, you don't really see it, do you? And I feel like mm-hmm. someone should be brave enough to give it a go. It just didn't pay off for me, but yeah, I I respect him for it. I actually kind of respect his choices because they are really weird. Yeah. There's a few bits throughout as well where they like repeat like shots or like small scenes, and I felt like that could be a little bit repetitive sometimes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like when she comes into the room and she's like, "Let's go for a walk," and he's like, "Yeah." No. They show that like three, four times in the film, and like, I, I kind of get it. I get like the importance of it and why they wanted to bring it back, but it just it got really repetitive watching it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like that shot of like him like running after her in the room and her like like basically them like play chasing each other that was like repeated quite a lot as well. Yeah, so yeah if, I didn't if know the, about that. Yeah, I mean, if this film was longer, I feel like it might have been more uh, like warranted. But this film's only yeah. like an hour and a half or so, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't long enough for them to justify playing the same clips over and over. If that makes sense. Like, if you've got like a two and a half hour film, then maybe, yeah, yeah. But I didn't really have a problem with it, to be honest, because I, mm-hmm. I didn't really pick up on. I mean, obviously, I knew it was playing like over and over, but I didn't get annoyed by it. I didn't really pick up on why it shouldn't have been there, if that makes sense. Because it, it kind of made sense, yeah. and you you did say it makes sense. Um, yeah. I found it interesting how like he was trying to cure the tumors in the monkeys, and like he wasn't really getting anywhere with it, but like the monkey was healing rapidly and like almost becoming younger as well like mm-hmm. uh within its own anatomy but like he didn't even care because like that's not what he set out to do but like yeah even even then it was like you've done just like so much like insane stuff with this but you don't even you don't even care it's like mirrored mm-hmm. with like yeah you could do so much with like maybe you should be seeing your wife a bit more but like this isn't the kind of thing you should be focusing on maybe <laughs> I thought the snow on the roof didn't look very real either. No. It's like they pick it up and it's like, ha ha, snowball fight. And you're like, okay, that's not real. Yeah. Well, I guess it is kind of hard to just summon snow, I suppose. So I can't really blame them. No. But then I guess they could have just not had that in there. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It made Maybe, it quite but... nice, I think. Nice to look at. But like that was because they needed it there because like, she couldn't feel anything in her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anymore. Yeah, that bath scene was quite interesting where she was like, I can't really feel the sponge and i'm like yeah interesting i love that bath scene as well she like pulls him into the bath and he's like fully clothed do you know that that set me off it was really nice (laughs) because i hate the idea of having wet clothes 
yeah, was a was a bit of a strange like thing to do once you find out like your wife is dying. I don't know. Yeah, but think about it this way. I feel like it's a nice like it's like a it's a bit of relief though, isn't it? Like you've just found yeah. out your wife's gonna die and she's playing it off with a nice little joke. I feel like why not? The woman's fucking dying. Just let her do what she wants to do. He's having a good time. They could, they yeah. need to enjoy the small moments together, Chris. Not the sure woman's he is literally dying. A good time. His wife's gonna die. Yeah, I know. I can't believe I'm actually defending this film, but I'm saying that I felt like it was quite nice. It was quite a wholesome little moment to take away from it. Yeah. They love each other, and it's it doesn't like, matter. You know, when these things happen, it's like you gotta find joy where you can. Otherwise, it's just like a massive misery. A misery. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's not, really upsetting the whole time. I'm not saying that they shouldn't ever have sex again because she's dying. I was what? Just saying, <laughs> Where did that come from? It's just a We're bit just talking about people that, like... No, I was in, talking about when like he finds out that she's dying and like they start having sex in the bath like straight after. They don't have sex in the bath. They don't have sex in the bath. They didn't have sex in the bath. Chris, what film were you like, watching? They start making out and she starts yeah. like, taking his shirt off. Right. Yeah, because it was wet. The- <laughs> maybe, maybe they did have sex. I don't okay, know. Okay, maybe, maybe they, they did. did. But, but in the that's film, what I was saying. they didn't explicitly. I like that. I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. To be no, honest. I think it was fine. I think it's like. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think it's like uh, trying to like celebrate life in the face of death. Yeah. You know. I like it. Honestly, I don't have like so much to say about this movie because like nah. it is quite short and it is, it's quite overt with its messaging. I just like how it does it, you know. And I think I, this is a movie that pulls people in different directions, and I think I'm very much on the the side of like really loving it. Um, but I think I've said all I need to say. Mm-hmm. I really like it. So we go on to ratings. Cool. Do it out of Donovan's. Donovan's. I really like the monkey. He was cute. Yeah. I don't think this is a terrible movie. I do think it's a well-made movie. I just don't really connect to what's going on. Maybe that would change on a second viewing, but I'm not like super drawn into re-watching it. Maybe sometime in the future, but I'm not planning on it anytime soon. So I give it like six Donathans out of ten. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Um, one of my favourite Aronofsky's. Because it's just like so his kind of thing. I think you should be making this kind of thing uh, very unapologetically. You had to like, when he made Mother, people were like, yeah, what, just tell us what it's about, actually. And he had to tell them. And it was like, okay, well. Yeah, I don't understand kind of that, it's like really obvious yeah. what it's about. It's so obvious. It's like, it's like one of two things, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, The Fountain was great. I love it. Nine Donovans out of ten. Thank you, Darren. Um, don't really, yeah, I don't really know what to say. Um, yeah, I didn't really care for this film, but I do appreciate the fact that it was ballsy enough to exist and provide the sort of um, ideas that it had in like a really nice and creative way. But other than that, I just I, I just can't get on board with it. I think maybe it's just you know when when people say, "Oh, this film's a little bit too weird for me," I'm finally on, on the page of it's a bit too weird for me. So five and a half Donovans out of ten. Lovely. Also, I need a piss. <laughs> So I thought I'd stick that in there so you can see. It's the last movie. Yeah. So I picked Black Swan from 2011, is it? 2010. 2010. Mm-hmm. That was close. <laughs> so this film is all about Natalie Portman, who is a, she's a ballerina, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a dancer. Yeah, ballerina. Yeah. 
don't know why I was thinking it was something that isn't ballerina. <laughs> she's a she's a ballet <laughs> she was an dancer. engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a dancer who um, basically gets um, hired to be the swan in a new production of Swan Lake. And as the film progresses, she kind of has to embrace the dark side of the black swan because she is the white swan normally. She's like very innocent and virginal. And kind of the film's all about her slowly going insane as she embraces the black swan more and starts to hallucinate and turn into a swan. Yeah. I love that, I love that uh, <laughs> explanation of the film. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, this is my favourite Darren Aronofsky movie. Yeah, um, I'd agree. It's, it's so fucking... like Every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm not going to like this as much as I used to, but I always like it maybe more. It's so fucking weird. It's really creepy, and like it's almost like a horror movie. I'd say it is a horror movie. It's, it's 100% yeah. a horror movie. But I think it's more like psychological thriller. Really. Yeah, yeah. It's like on par with... I've forgotten the name of the film now, like a secret window or some shit. With the secret garden, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's it's fucking weird. It's oh, it's horrible. The fucking body horror stuff is disgusting. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. Natalie Portman's amazing. It looks incredible. It's really like monochrome in its color palette, where it's kind of mirrors mirroring like the the black and white swan. Um, I just think it's. A masterpiece in like every sense of the phrase. It's, it's honestly amazing. Yeah, it's like a really dark, like psychological horror. I think and mm. it reminds me a lot of like some of like Roman Polanski's movies, like Rosemary's Baby and Repulsion. Um, they're both like really dark psychological horror movies about women kind of slowly going insane. And I think this film is very similar in that sort of style and how it delivers this kind of very psychological horror yeah don't forget perfect blue the whole oh, yeah, film perfect i was thinking well. this is a very very much like perfect blue but um i really like this film i mean i, I kind of knew i was gonna like it anyway because it's like totally up my alley but um i remember my mum uh briefly mentioned it and went oh i didn't like it, it was a bit too uh, a bit too dark and a bit too horrific and i was like sounds a bit like me i can't <laughs> wait to watch this and there were parts where um so in the first film we watched, I felt like mentally exhausted. And then in this one, I just felt physically like repulsed, like pretty much the whole time. It gave me like uh, Titan vibes where all this like horrible stuff was happening and like you could feel it in like your own skin. Yeah. You know like, I mean? It was like horrible. There's that really, really horrible bit where she has like the hangnail oh. and she like starts pulling it down, like rips all the skin on her finger off. Oh, me and Max were literally <laughs> like, oh. oh, I fucking hate that kind of thing. Oh, I hate it so much. It's Anytime like, she like pulls something yeah. out of her body or off of her body, I'm like, oh, oh God. It's I feel like oh, it's it's horrible. You, you feel it, don't you? Yeah. Like, you almost imagine what it would be like to like rip, it's <laughs> rip horrendously open your own It's like kind of mirroring like, the the lengths dancers will go to to like fuck their bodies up in different yeah. ways to like to achieve, achieve perfection yeah. which is like a lot of what this movie's going for it's like an obsession and trying to reach for perfection in these kind of in, in intolerable ways you shouldn't have to do to your own body yeah i feel like yeah. that's the whole point of this film isn't it yeah kind of it's yeah. like aronofsky said it's basically like a companion piece to um the wrestler because that mm -hmm. film kind of does some similar stuff yeah. yeah, I think this film definitely go 
like where the wrestler focuses more on like the drama and like how that lifestyle can affect the people around you this kind of focuses much more on how this lifestyle can affect you personally and like your own physical body and your appearance and that sort of stuff and like the lengths like dancers and even just performers generally will go to achieve perfection to the point where it basically just like can kill them i guess you know i guess it's sort of it's kind of like that industry though isn't it because you you have to be better than someone else in order to get it and then you have to keep this sort of standard in order to keep your role because like obviously throughout that like some of the beginning parts they were swapping out people if they were like weren't good enough and i guess if you have that sort of mindset as well where you're determined to be perfect you were gonna yeah literally just ruin yourself doing it i suppose which I guess is a is a message you can take away from this. Um, I just, I just, I just felt it. I just felt mm. this film. It's like something that's mirrored with um, Winona Ryder's character, who's like mm. done all this, the things that uh, Nina wants to do, and like she's like, oh, you, you are perfect, and I just want to be exactly like you. But it's like, no, actually, it kind of fucked her up, and she's like a bit crazy now. Um, Probably, probably shouldn't be modelling yourself after her. But like, that's the kind of toll that the, this industry mm. takes on people to try and like achieve perfection and stay there for forever. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's almost. I got from it that it's kind of un, unachievable. Not like not being perfect, but staying that way and like having no mm. repercussions or anything. It's like a cutthroat industry. It's like they can just like yeah, chew just you up rid- and spit yeah. you out. Like, but that kind of that kind of is how it is. Yeah, like somebody else is always the next best thing. Mm. It's like the part where um someone says they used to call Winona Ryder, like the the director used to call Winona Ryder uh, little prince, his little princess, and then oh, was it like Mila Kunis is like she, he'll be calling you that soon, and Nina's like no, that's only for her. But then like he does like later on yeah. in the movie. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're just like the next version. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's kind of upgrading. Well, not upgrading, but someone will come along who's it's like, like younger or, um, you know what I mean? Like has the talent, but is younger, is more appealing or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, literally the industry is like brutal. It's just mm. gross. There's a lot of like weird, crazy effect shots. With, like, the fucking CG in this movie is insanely good. Yeah. All like the the... The mirror shots are crazy. Like, there's so many mirrors in this movie. Uh, like, every time, like, if she looks into a mirror, like, maybe something could be a bit off with the image that she sees. Or, like, sometimes it's a bit more overt with it. Um, there's a lot of, like, shifting skin. So, mm-hmm. like, with, within her, like, as she's becoming more this black swan character, her skin kind of shifts a bit more. Like, you see, like, her skin transform into, like, it's like pluck poultry. It kind of shifts across her body. That's all like really horrendous to watch, but it's it's r- really interesting. Oh yeah, like in the, terms of the effects. Well, the bit where she's um, where she's like picking like feathers, feathers off yeah, of her. From a, that, yeah. is, that was so cool. It was weird because I was like, I don't know mm. if I should find this cool. Yeah, but this is insanely cool. Yeah, this is um holds up incredibly well. I don't think this looks dated in the slightest. Mm. It all looks fantastic. It could come out today. Yeah. Mm. 
bloody 12 years old. I, did, I didn't actually think it was that old. I thought it came out a couple years after mm. that. No, yeah. No, because I saw it like, must have been 10 years ago, and I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. I was like 15 when I saw it. Honestly, I, I thought it could have came out in like 2015 and I would have believed you. Yeah, well, it's a really great movie and it's held up very well. You know, even like the way they shoot characters or like the way they shoot people's bodies is like really strange to me. Like a lot of like back shots where like you see uh, people's like bare backs where like they're wearing um, their leotards or whatever and like it kind of looks like as they're moving, it looks like wings almost, like because they kind of flap their arms a bit, and like you see the the skin kind of tense and ripple on the back. That's all like really cr- crazy stuff. Yeah. Like it's almost kind of body horror, but it's not really. But it's trying to show that kind of idea of transformation in people and like the ability to do that within yourself, because like anybody could, and like anybody could be Nina, but it just happened to be her. Yeah, I think the film looks really great visually as well um most of it's shot on 16 millimeter and it has this like very dirty and grainy sort of look like it looks really cheap and handheld but i think it really works well for the movie and there's one scene i think it might have been shot on the phone the scene where she's like on the underground train and she like sees herself in another carriage that looks like it's shot on like a phone or really cheap like Handheld I camera. I wouldn't be surprised if they have to do it on a phone yeah. because of like the equipment and stuff they would have to lug onto the underground. I think underground. it's really fitting as well. <laughs> it like, gives it like almost like this super candid sort of look that I really love. Yeah. I love all that stuff with like she sees herself or like Mila Kunis is kind of like this extension of herself that she's mm-hmm. like the black swan. But like she has to try to reach for that to like become her. So it's just an extension of herself that she's trying to reach. Um, where like I think there's like this rivalry there that she feels like maybe or like there's a great scene where like they go out uh together as like a night on the town and she kind of just like she sees her like in the club but like their faces kind of blend in to one another or like you're not exactly sure like who's who in certain situations. Yeah, all those bits I think are really, really great. Obviously, it leads into the um, the sex scene, which is fantastic. Yeah. It oh is so good. <laughs> it is great. Um, it's kind of like, because it doesn't actually happen. It's almost like she's fucking herself, which is like, kind of kind of mirrors like her own mentality as she's trying to become more like this character. She's trying to blend more into this other woman that she's seen around and like she talks to a bit and kind of wants to become more like her so that's kind of a way to get to that but like it's also just she's not there and she's just fucking herself yeah i think that scene was the only reason i actually watched this movie when i was 15 because i heard about it and i was like well you know what fair enough who could blame you yeah i heard natalie portman and mila kunis making out and i was instantly there (laughs) sign me up (laughs) 15 year old boys fantasies right yeah yeah that's yeah, like no, but, the only scene you need to watch when you're a 15 year old boy. <laughs> yeah, but then it kind of gets a bit like dark, doesn't it? Because then she like looks up and it's just become um, it's like her Winona face, Ryder. 
Wasn't it? I thought it was Winona Ryder. No, it's her own face. Oh, yeah, her it's own? her own face. But oh, like it's, it's slightly like different. Yeah, it looks really warped and it's just like, oh, okay. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was quite quite fascinating. But then I feel like that was, that was just a perfect way mm. to do that scene, really, wasn't it? Because I felt like if it was real, it kind of would have felt yeah. like it would have worked as much, maybe. Yeah, you said like in the description that she was like virginial, which is true. I don't know. I think they're trying to. Well, that's like the the um, yeah, what they're kind of trying to portray with that character. I use like, that word a lot simply because um, yeah, pure. Probably the director the describes the White Swan as that in the film, and that kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. They're going for like this kind of purity to the character, where she has to reach out and become something else yeah. um, and change herself in that way. Um, I think there's a great dynamic between her and her mother by Bernstein who's kind of very controlling and too intent on keeping her pure but like she doesn't let her be like a person you see her room and like it's all like really girly and like pink everywhere and like pink wallpaper like butterflies everywhere she's got like a single bed and she's got like uh, pink uh, covers on there lots of like teddy bears everywhere you know and this is kind of like a way to try and break away from that uh, by becoming the Black Swan. Yeah. I feel like, it, to me, it kind of feels like, um, you know, like dance moms, you know, the the like oh, the yeah. parents that get really obsessed with like what their kids are doing. Mm-hmm. It gave me that kind of vibe. But then she was kind of like the anti of that, where she was like, I actually don't think you should be dancing. I don't think you should be doing this. It's going to break you. It's going to yeah. do all this. And I was just like, There oh, seems to be this. like a conflict of, towards her because on the one hand, she wanted to live that life and she kind of wants... To almost live it through her daughter, but yeah. then at the same time, as she sees it kind of destroying her, she's like, I don't want you to end up the same way that I have. And I think that's like a great conflict in their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, their relationship is so fucked. Like, that's the only it's way I can describe up. it. It's like, it's almost suffocating. It's just, it's kind of horrible. Yeah. She'll instantly lock her out of her room. Yeah. And, like, there's that great scene where, like, she wakes up and she starts masturbating, but like she sees her mother in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, I, no. The, the cringe was <laughs> unbelievable. Like it was sky high for me. I was like, no damn way. Oh my God. I love all the performances in the film. I think um, Natalie Portman is incredible in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is like easily my favorite performance from her. I'm not like a huge fan of her in most things but I think she really fits this role perfectly she's like made to play this character I'll I be think. honest I don't know do you know what I'm going to look it up right now I don't know if I've seen her in almost anything she's Star a Wars very good actor, I think she's really good she was good in like Jackie she played in Jackie Kennedy that's a really great performance piece yeah, I, I think she's a great good actor Zoolander <laughs> Yeah, she um, was epic. <laughs> she's great in that um, Wes Anderson short, the Hotel mm-hmm. Chevalier one. Well, yeah, she's also in the Darjeeling. Yeah, cause Hotel Chevalier is like a prequel to Darjeeling Limited. Uh, she's barely in that movie. Yeah, she shows yeah. up and she doesn't have any lines. But yeah, Mila Kunis is also really great, and I love mm. um, Vincent Castle as the the director. Yeah. He's like so weird and he's like so sexually charged like when it comes to getting this performance. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just like really creepy, but it's great. Yeah. 
Oh, I loved the, him. The he was my favorite person in this whole film. He was like, he was so creepy and I kind of hated him, but I also loved him. And I'm not yeah. sure if that was what I was meant to feel, but I definitely felt like I wanted to smack him. But then I was like, you're so cool. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was complicated. I thought he was a fucking creep like, the entire time. Yeah. He was and a he creep. He definitely knows 100%. what he wants. He, was, he knows exactly what he's trying to get. But it's also to do with like the, his own manipulation of these women as well to meet his own ends and like make something that's fantastic. Yeah, I think he's a great actor just generally. Mm-hmm. And I think he's fantastic in this movie. I thought that he kind of tries to sow this rivalry between Nina and Lily, played by Mila Kunis. Mm. Um, I think that kind of mir- that mirrors like what Aronofsky tried to do with Portman and Kunis, yeah. like actually on the set, but like it didn't work because they were already mates. <laughs> I really love um, the sound design throughout. There's like a lot of points where like intense scenes, there's like a really like low pitch, like rumbling sort of sound, mm-hmm. um, which is just like really subtle. Like a lot of people probably wouldn't notice it, oh, definitely. but it just like adds like a lot of really great pressure and tension to a lot of scenes. He only, mm-hmm. he uses it like quite sparingly for like really tense character scenes. And I think it works incredibly well. Yeah, it's such a chaotic movie. It's like everything's always going like 100%, 100 yeah. miles an hour. And it's also like, I think kind of mirrored in like the the, the way that they kind of shoot the movie as well, because it is very handheld a lot of the time. And it kind of gives the movie a bit more forward momentum with that. Whereas I feel if they use a bit more like static shots, it would feel a bit static in that sense. I also love um, the music. A lot of it is literally just... Um Tchaikovsky's One Lake, but there's also like an original score from Clint Mansell who did all the music to all three of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I think the two blend together really perfectly. Like he managed to capture the same sort of like chaotic sound and tone of Swan Lake and kind of make it his own. Yeah, really lovely music. Makes me want to listen to the actual like Swan Lake stuff. Tchaikovsky is like obviously one of the great the great composers. Uh, like how she kind of breaks like the point shoes up at the, at the beginning, and she kind of sews them back together, but breaks the soles of the point shoes so like her feet can move within them. That's like I think that's like a common thing for ballerinas to do. I think to try and manipulate their own uniform in a way that makes them move a bit more. Yeah, um, and that kind of mirrors what she was doing to her own body as well. Yeah, and literally in that same scene when she takes the shoes off like her feet are like covered in bruises and like her nails look fucked like you can tell like instantly that this um role is having a lot of damage on her yeah yeah i can't imagine those shoes being like super comfortable for like any dancer to be honest especially if you're do- doing dances like that for like what because mm-hmm. they dance like all day pretty much don't they to, like, prep. yeah she's like dancing all day at rehearsals and when she home, gets home yeah. as well must take quite a toll on your feet, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm sure it does. Yeah. It's like almost like mirroring like what they did with in like China back in the day. I was day, just where thinking like, that where they binded their they, feet. They, the, the feet binding, yeah. yeah it's kind of like that. The, the, like when she like takes the shoes off and then like her feet are like st- stuck together, what, like where they start becoming wet. Yeah. Oh, Max, oh, stop God, it! She likes to pull them apart. Oh, it's oh, horrible. God. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the horror just like amplifies in the last like yeah. twenty minutes, which are genuinely like some of the most like like one of the tensest like twenty minutes in any film. 
Yeah. It's like so good. So much is happening. She yeah, like kills Mila Kunis and then she has to go back on stage as a dance and then she turns into the black swat, like literally she, turns into it. She yeah. goes back and like she's not even there anymore. Oh, and she's like, oh, I haven't even killed her. And she's yeah. like, oh no. It reminds me <laughs> a lot of the um, final scene of Whiplash just in how chaotic yeah. yet oh my kind of God. satisfying the ending is. Yeah, I was not satisfied by the end of Whiplash, but I love that film Were you so satisfied much. at the end of this? Where like she... I bloody loved the, how this film the top, ended. and then like she's like, "Oh, I was perfect." I loved it. She's I, dying. Literally, I loved it. She gets she's, she gets stabbed. She like stabs herself. The thing is, is I don't think it this could have ended any better. I think this had no. like the perfect ending, yeah. which ending. is quite yeah. quite funny. <laughs> I read a thing that said that Natalie Portman doesn't consider it that scene like to be the character dying. It's almost like. Her like maturing, her like childlike self is like finally dead, and now she's like actually a woman. Like she's she actually like kind died. of like been reborn yeah. as a woman now. I think that's like a interesting way to look at the ending. Yeah, I like that. Perhaps she didn't die. Yeah, th- there was like no confirmation not. on it, but she yeah. probably did because that wound looked hefty. But you don't know what could have happened. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. Maybe she she gets better and she moves out. Yeah, that's also. <laughs> That's it. That's actually. <laughs> it's better that the film didn't tell us what yeah, happened, no. leaving it kind of ambiguous. Is like the perfect way to end the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I mean, she was talking to um Beth, played by Winona Ryder, she she says like, "What did you do to get the the part? Do you suck his cock?" And then Nina says, "Not all of us have to." <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Zinger. Zing. Yeah. Uh, should we go on to ratings? Sure. Sure. Well, we're going to rate this out of. And don't say swans. No, I wouldn't dare. You could say something. <laughs> Do it out of um mirrors. Cool. Sure. Yeah, it's a really, really great movie. One of the best like, horror movies of the last like twenty years, I think. Super disturbing and gross, but. Like really great on a psychological level, really creative visuals, just a very creatively made movie. One that I really, really love. I give it um, ten mirrors out of ten. I think. Yeah, best Aronofsky. Excited yeah. to see the whale. Yeah, I can't wait for that movie. That'll be crazy. I'm excited for that with uh, Brendan Fraser. I'll make a comeback after that. Um. Yeah, this is fantastic. Honestly, it's an amazing movie. Everyone should see it. It's it, it's crazy. Um, I'll give it ten uh, mirrors out of ten as well. It's like just apart from being one of my well, my favorite Aronofsky movies, like one of my favorite movies ever. Oh yeah, this film is great on every level. Um, I kind of wanted to ruin. I can I kind of wanted to ruin the streak and annoy everyone on the podcast and everyone whoever listens to it, but I just can't do it because this film is just way too good. I can't fault it. Um, ten mirrors out of ten. Change your tune. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Cheeky. Darren. Thanks for those great movies. And he's got some more as well. That's that. that. That's episode yeah. 62. To be fair, I think that's like pretty much most of his movies. Like at least half yeah. of them. Because he isn't like a... He doesn't have many movies. No, but no. His yeah. list was quite short, but not. It's definitely not half. I don't. There's think. no like shortage from great movies to choose. 
like movies that would provoke discussion from him. He's quite a, mm. he's a very interesting director. So that's that. That's the one, episode 62. We got another one to do for next week. Yeah. We're going to spin the wheel. Sorry, I have to fix the wheel. I realise it's an old one that came up for some reason. We got to fix the wheel because it's an old one that came up for some reason. Oh, no. But this is going to be the the marathon that we do next week um, to determine what we watch next. (laughs) So, uh. Let's see. Like I hope it's something. The void that I'm, like, oh, I'm hoping film. it's something good. Oh, I pray. The wheel's broken. It's, the wheel the is broken. Broke. Yeah, I literally put all the names on the wheel, and it just came up as one. Oh. just one big block. So what if you just spin it? <laughs> then it comes have to do a one-pound marathon. Oh wow! Wow. I thought we took out the one pound marathon. No, we put a few on the list. They're just not monthly anymore. There we go. It's fixed. Okay. Okay. What are we doing next week? What are we plaguing ourselves with next week? Yeah, I know. Is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? I just want it to be interesting. Um, okay. It's an actor one. Oh, we haven't done one of those yet. Okay. Um, Marlon Brando. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, Let's do something else. Because yeah. like we've done like a director, I feel like they kind of go hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Director, actor, it's kind of the same thing. It's an individual person. We'll do something else. <laughs> something epic, please. Oh no, that <laughs> laugh did not give me joy. It was one that um, we agreed to remove, and uh-huh. I forgot to delete. Why do we? Why do we have all those on the? <laughs> I deleted most of them, but clearly yeah. not that one. I keep coming back. What was it? From curiosity. This is going to be one Darcy's going to veto. <sighs> Um, just Sean Connery, James Bond movie. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Thought Either so. get a guest or spin the wheel again. <laughs> I don't care what one to do. do. It again, then. That's fair. I've watched um, all of those. Like, Well, not all of them. A lot of those recently. Another director came up. Fucking hell. Just bin the wheel. Just bin the wheel. Just do something. <laughs> Okay. Why don't we do this to ourselves? We um, made this list. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Fine. Fuck it. Beverly Hills Cop. All that's right, what we're fine. doing. I've not seen any of these movies. Me neither. No, neither have <laughs> I. That's what we're doing. Beverly Who Hills Cop. We put that on then. <laughs> I think I did because I was just looking for like trilogies. Okay. <laughs> oh god. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy police comedy series. Okay. Awesome. That's going to be that one. Then. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. <laughs> Okay. That's episode 63. Episode 65 is going to be season one of Oz. Yeah. Uh, watch that. Fuck it. Social media. We've got it. YouTube is the Sunday Movie Marathon. Twitter is at Sunday Movie Pod. Facebook is at Sunday Movie Marathon. And Letterbox is at Sunday MM. Capital S, capital MM. Thank you very much for listening. Does anybody have any final words? I've got a question. What? There's four of these films. Fourth one hasn't out yet. The fourth ne- one isn't mind. out yet. We're doing three of them. <laughs> that wasn't even a question as well. Thanks. <laughs> That's just a statement. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.